Good morning, church. Okay, I got one person to say good morning. We're going to try this again. Good morning, church. Good morning, Luminous. All right. Now that sounds like Luminous, right? Now, say, now I want you to give God a hand clap, right? Don't act like I'm here, but act like Jesus is still on the throne. Amen? Act like Jesus is still reigning in your life. Amen. All right. Well, good morning. If this is your first time joining us today, uh, my name is Edgar. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we are excited that you have um, been allowed. I mean, just came here to join um, us in worship. Amen. So we're excited for that. We're going to start today in um, Exodus 16, uh, 16, verse 23. Sometimes it's kind of good to go back to the Old Testament because it is part of the Bible. Amen. Still part of the Bible. So we got to go to the Old Testament sometime. But we're also excited because we have a new series that we started, right? And it's called 75 Hard. 75 Hard, all right? Now, some of you guys may have heard of it. Uh, some of you guys may have may actually be doing it. But it's something that uh, basically has been all over the Internet, and so I found. And what it does is it's a, it's a program challenge, okay? Who likes program challenges? Who likes challenges, period? All right, I see a few. So basically what it is is that you're given like five different principles or five different tasks to do, and you're supposed to do it every single day for 75 days, right? For 75 days, you're supposed to do this. Now, this thing consists of like drinking a bunch of water. You have some type of meal plan, and if you can imagine, you have to exercise. You have to read some encouraging material, amen? So the thing is is that you're supposed to do this for 75 days and the whole idea is if you mess up, if you don't do like one day, one task, guess what happens? There you go. You got to start all over again. You could be on day 75. You could be on day like 74 and have to go back all over again to day one. But the goal is to complete these practices every single day in order to train yourself in being consistently disciplined throughout the entire process. So... Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines. And, and every week, we're going to challenge ourselves to be better disciples of Christ. Each week, we're going to challenge ourselves with one spiritual discipline that we are going to practice each week. Amen? And we're going to challenge ourselves. Now, you're probably wondering, what is a spiritual discipline? Now, there are about a thousand different types of definitions for this, Okay? But the best one that kind of connects with me is from Donald Whitney, and it simply says that spiritual disciplines are practices found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers toward godliness. Okay? And what I want you to understand is not a more, it, it's not about the act as much as it is about Christ, about being more like Christ. Every single day, I should want to be like Christ. Every single day that I wake up, I should want to walk like Christ. I should want to talk like Christ. I should want to love like Christ loves, think like Christ does. Amen? And so the thing about it is that, you know, we, we want to have these spiritual disciplines in order that we have a deeper relationship with God and, and also grow as disciples of Christ. And some of these disciplines include like fasting. Some of you are probably doing it now. Meditation. Some of you guys are, are reading your Bibles every day. That's good. So now you're growing in godliness, right? 
And we came together as, as a group of, you know, during our pastoral staff meeting, and we come to find out that there are at least 20 different spiritual disciplines. I had no idea it was that many. I'm certain there's probably more. But we're going to focus on uh, personal disciplines. There are outward disciplines or corporate disciplines, but then there are also personal. And today we're going to talk about the Sabbath. Okay? The Sabbath. How many people knew that that was a spiritual discipline? I did not know. I see no hands, so I'm not the only one glad that that's happened. But the Sabbath simply means cease. It means to stop. So I took a breath there. I stopped. It means to stop working. The other day, I mean, actually, if you go back into the Old Testament, into Genesis, God worked for six days. I'm going to talk about this later in depth. But God worked for six days. And on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. He Sabbath. He did nothing. Therefore, he was able to model this for us. And in doing so, what he did was he actually established something. For us to model. He established the difference, the difference between work and rest. Work and Sabbath. And see, in our culture today, it seems like not resting is, is becoming to be the norm. Right? It's becoming to be the norm. We're motivated and driven to climb the ladder of success. And we sacrifice rest for achievement, we are sacrificing also for accomplishment. And we're doing this more than ever before now. We're trying to get that raise. We want that pay raise. But God is saying, you know what? I want you to rest a little bit. I was talking to a woman the other day at my favorite smoothie shop that I like to go to. And um, it just so happens that, you know, we got to talking about her work schedule and she was sharing about how many hours she worked. She worked o basically overtime for the entire week, every single day. And she said to me, I, matter of fact, I started talking to her about rest, and she said, Edgar, I don't have time to rest. Because we started talking about Sabbath and rest. She said, I can't afford it. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you can't afford not to rest. You can't afford not to. How are you doing this? And let me ask you a question. When was the last time you took a day off? When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm just going to chillax. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm not going to answer my emails. I'm not going to answer my texts. I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm going to spend some time with family. And I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to stop doing laundry. Come on now. We need rest. And for a lot of us, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for a lot of us, believe it or not. It's a challenge to our schedules. It's a challenge to our habits. It's a challenge to our daily living. In Exodus 16, if you're there already, 16.23 says this. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a Sabbath, of the, a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, and as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Each, eat today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. 
you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the Sabbath to do what they wanted to do on the seventh day to gather it, but they, want, they found none. And then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Check this out. Bear in mind, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. It sounds like the days of COVID, right? You guys remember. So what is happening here? What's happening is that the people of Israel have come to a place where it's a challenge. They came out of slavery. Now they're about to enter into the desert and things are challenging. And so they, they're being challenged right now. So it, it's hot in the desert. Did you guys know that? It's very hot in the desert. San Antonio is hot. It was over 100 degrees this week. So just imagine being out in the desert and it's hotter than that. So you know how it is when it gets hot, you get hot and bothered. You get hangry, right? You know what hangry is, all right? How many people get hangry? You know how it is. You don't think straight. You're, you're acting crazy. You're acting out of character. You're snapping at the drop of a dime. You, do, you start complaining about things, right? And so the thing is that I'm not trying to defend the people of Israel, but let's be honest. They're tired and they're hangry. They start complaining to Moses about food. That's a big deal. Just totally out of character. And see, the thing is, is that challenging situations create levels of discomfort. Especially when you are, have expectations. When you have expectations, boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> it, it's something about expectations where we want things to go a certain way and we expect them to be just like it is for us. It's supposed to be just like Burger King. Have it your way. The thing about it, even though they were slaves in Egypt, they had grown accustomed and comfortable with working every single day. And now they are faced with a challenge and they are now in position of discomfort. Check this out. Sometimes the most uncomfortable places are exactly where God wants you to be. Because this is a destination he wants to get to you. He wants you to get to a destination. But you have to go through some discipline to be developed into what he wants you to be before you actually get to that destination. You're wondering why, why things are challenging, why life is so hard. It's because God wants to get you to a particular destination. But in order for him to do it, he has to develop you. He has to develop some character. He has to develop some things that are in you. He has to strip away some things away from, from you. Where is your character? Where is your life? He needs to get you disciplined so he can get you to the other side. So God instructs them to only gather what they needed for that day for five days. And on the sixth day, gather twice as much. And then God rains down quail. He rains down bread or manna. In the morning, every day, but some didn't listen. Some were hard-headed, as I like to say in my house, and gathered more than they should, thinking, what if God doesn't provide for the next day? But the chapter tells us 
that God wanted to test the children of Israel to see whether or not they will follow his instructions. And the truth of the matter is, sometimes God actually tests our will. Will you or will you not? How about that? When they woke up the next morning, what was left over was eaten by maggots. It, it stunk. It rotted. And finally, they began gathering in the morning what they needed for the day. However, when it came to the sixth day, they were to gather twice as much because God had already provided what they needed for the seventh day on the sixth day. How many people get that? It was a day of rest. It was a day of Sabbath. In other words, you don't have to worry about working because God is going to provide. He's got it covered. In fact, God had already provided for that day. And he's saying, I will provide for you every day. I will give you bread daily. I, will have, I already made the provision for you. I just need you to trust me and just relax. I need you just to trust me and just rest in what I'm doing. And so, we see that this was a challenge for Israel. And God is disciplining them to trusting him for provision by taking the day off. Now, there's a good reason for this. Because God commands it. It's an actual commandment. Uh-oh, that word commandment. Uh-oh, we don't like commandment, right? That's hard. That's difficult. Ooh, 613 commandments. But guess what? That's the fourth commandment in God's top ten list. Oh, 613 commandments. Check this out. In Exodus 20 and 8, it says, Rem Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor in all your work and read all your text messages and emails. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not have your phone on. Do any work, neither you nor your son and your daughter. You got your daughter and sons cutting grass. I'm talking about me. Your male or female servant or your animals. Some of you guys got chickens. I heard they got loose, but that's another thing. <laughs> nor any foreigners residing in the towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, this is the fourth commandment. Let me ask you a sarcastic question. I know I'm asking you a bunch of questions. I, I'm trying to keep you awake. Isn't it glad? Are, are we glad that we don't follow the Ten Commandments? Now, you, now okay, all right. Don't throw any dark. I'm just asking a question, all right? People are laughing. But isn't this how we treat the fourth commandment sometimes? Like we have like nine other commandments, right? And then we'll take the nine, we'll take them off the shelf, we will apply them to our daily lives, our daily living, we will use those, but something about the fourth commandment we somehow keep on the shelf, right? Now I'm, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm like, man, you know, I do the same thing sometimes. But what I want to tell you is that it carries a significance. It carries the exact same weight as the rest of the Ten Commandments. The same exact weight. 
let me ask you a question. See, the thing is, let me, I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going to do it later. But the thing about it is that we know that we should have no other gods, right? We know that we should not have idols. We know that we, 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 we not, we're not supposed to use the Lord's name in vain. We know that we should not kill. We know we should not steal. We know that we should not bear false witness. But when it comes down to the fourth commandment, we're like, you know what? I got an extra hour. I can work, whatever. That's just the truth. We believe it's okay. And I understand. I struggle with that too. I don't always get it right. But what I want you to understand is that it carries, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a principle that's attached to it. And it carries both benefit as well as consequences. That's what I want to tell you today. And I know you're probably sitting there, man, Pastor E, guess what? We are covered by the blood of Jesus and and we don't have to obey the Ten Commandments. We're, we're saved by grace. And I get it. We are saved by grace. Jesus alone is the one that can save us. But what doesn't change the fact that there's a consequence as well as a benefit that's attached to it. I gave you a prime example. You can answer me with this. If I was to kill somebody today, would there be a consequence? If I was to steal something today and get caught by the popo, would there be a consequence? Thank you. If I was to cheat on my wife, uh-oh, going down the road. If I were to do that, would there be a consequence? It would be from Keisha effectively, right? I'm just saying. All right. See, some of you are dealing with these consequences today. If you don't rest on the Sabbath at least one day a week, would there be consequences? There we go. I got half the church. And I'm saying this because some of us are dealing with those consequences right now. Man, we're stressed in our marriages. Man, children are coming home stressed, having anxiety. Children are having depression nowadays. It affects the family unit. And if anybody knows us, Keisha and I, you know that we value marriages and we are passionate about family. We are passionate about this. But I'm letting you know that there are consequences to that. But just like I said, just like you have consequences, there are also benefits to them. You ready for the benefits? Well, I believe that the Sabbath day or having Sabbath is the key to a healthy marriage. I believe that having Sabbath has the ability to restore the confidence in our young people today. Your health issues. One of the reasons why you're having health issues is probably related because, you know, you're not getting enough rest. Well, guess what? That can help. Has the ability to help with finances, believe it or not. You're able to think better. So we understand that it's a commandment. But what I also want you to understand, it's also a witness. It's a witness. Say witness. It's a witness. How is it a witness, Pastor E? We're going about to find out. One of the most powerful things that God gave us was, our, was the Sabbath. Exodus 31, 16 says this. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath. Now, let's talk about the Israelites. Now, we have been grafted in. We have been adopted. So now we are also the children 
of Israel as well. Well, not children of Israel, but children of God. So it's talking about us. Celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant, it will be a sign or a witness between me and the Israelites forever. Now, this is why he says this. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Does anybody know who Samuel Truett Cathy is? Okay, somebody say, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. He is the founder of Chick-fil-A, the Lord's Chicken. And today, you go there, you go to their website, they'll say this, that he made the decision to close on Sundays in 1946 when he opened his first restaurant in Hapeville, Georgia, having worked seven days a week, my goodness, in restaurants open 24 hours a day, my goodness, Truett saw the importance of closing on Sundays so he and his employees could set aside one day a week or worship if they choose or practice we uphold today. In his book, he wrote in Eat More Chicken, Inspire More People, what a name. He wrote, closing our business on Sunday, the Lord's Day, is a way of honoring God and showing our loyalty to him. As a result, people get a day rest. Now, can you imagine this? Can you imagine you put in your application to Chick-fil-A, right? You, you, get, you get hired, and then all of a sudden, you look at your work schedule. And your work schedule, now, now check it out. This, I'm old school, okay, in, in, in a sense. You got that one box that's blacked out that's saying that you got the day off. So can you imagine, like, actually looking at your work schedule, and you're like, man, I got the day off? Well, why do I have the day off? You're asking the manager. Well, that's, that's the Lord's day. That's the Sabbath. Well, what's the Sabbath? Well, it's the day that, you know, God made heaven and earth, and the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. That's, that's a witness. And this is one of the most powerful witnesses that we have as children of God. Now, you're probably wondering, how does the omnipotent, omnipresent God, and we're going into some theology now, can rest or refresh? I'll tell you how. So, in the Hebrew word, for refresh, it means to breathe, okay? But the other word that makes this word refresh means to take. So you put them together, it means to take, uh, take a breath or breathe in. So on the seventh day, he took breath, okay? I'm going somewhere with this. You know how people at sometimes, you know, you, you're jogging and, and, you know, you're running and you're like, man, wait a minute, can I take a breath? Can I take a, I just need a breath for just one minute. So think about what God was doing for all six days. God was speaking. What do you need to speak? You need what? You need breath. So for six days, God was saying, okay, let there be, 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 let there be. He breathed into man, and man became a living what? I got some Bible readers in here. And then all of a sudden, on the seventh day, you know what he did? He said, that's all he did. He breathed in. 
He breathed out. He took a breath. He rested. And he's saying to you, son, daughter, that's what I want you to do. I'm not just doing this just to be doing it. I want you to model this for your life. I've created this rhythm in life so that you can do the same thing. See, in six days, let me tell you something. In six days with God's blessing is more than what God can do with seven. I'm telling you. So not only are we commanded and it's a witness, but God takes this seriously. Numbers 15, 32. We're about to see how serious this thing is. Okay? While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man found gathering wood on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathered wood, brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they kept him in custody. But it was not clear what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly, assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, I know you're probably like, wow, that is pretty serious. Yes, it is serious. And some of you are probably like, man, Pastor Edgar, it is not that serious. It's not that serious like the whole church is going to take one person out into the parking lot and stone them. It's not that serious. But how serious is it? The thing is, he, what is he serious about? He's serious about you. That's what he's serious about. He's serious about your health. He's serious about your family. He's, ser he's serious about your emotions. He's so serious. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants nothing but the best for you. You are the apple of his eye. So he takes this very seriously. And I'm pleading with you. I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you right now, if you are not resting at least one day out of seven days, let me tell you something. You might not be getting being killed at the very moment you do it but guess what very slowly you're killing yourself you're killing yourself slowly it's like being in some type of death penalty almost As a matter of fact that's what it is so now that I got your attention about it and it's that serious you're probably asking this question this is the question that, that, that bothers a lot of people this is what's the, the elephant that's in the room well, what, what, when can I take Sabbath? Well, I believe that, honestly, you can, you can take it when you really, really want. I really believe that. <coughs> Within a seven-day work week, I believe that you can have one day of rest. It doesn't really matter. Now, of course, the other question is, what do I do with the Sabbath? What do I do on the Sabbath? Well, the real question is, what do you don't do? The thing is, what, what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to answer my emails. <coughs> you might try to call me on a Sunday, and you might not get an answer back. I'm just letting you know. Now, what about emergencies? What about emergencies? Well, Jesus, you know what? He, he also addressed this as well. <coughs> he said, what if your, your sheep falls in a ditch on a Sabbath? You can get them out. You can lead your donkey and your oxen to the water. In other words, if my house is on fire or something like that, you're not going to say, oh, um, Mr. Simmons, your house is on fire. Oh, by the way, it's a Sabbath. I'm not going to do anything about it. 
Man, it's the Sabbath. You know, that I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's the Sabbath. Thank you, brother. But I want you to understand that in case of an emergency, you have that right. But you can't live life working every single day with no break. So it's that serious. But then I also want you to understand that it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Mark 2, 23, 28 says, on the Sabbath day, Jesus was going out through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. And they began to pick some bread, some heads of grain, I'm sorry. And the Pharisees said, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? So in the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, I didn't make you to serve the Sabbath. I made the Sabbath to serve you. This is not some type of principle. This is, I mean, like, you know, legalistic principle or religious principle. But something that God has given us as a gift. It's a gift from God. And what he is saying is that if you receive this gift to rest one day a week, you are putting your trust in me and I will take care of you. I will provide for you. You are worried about if you're going to have enough for tomorrow. But he is saying, son, daughter, I am the one who is going to supply every need according to my riches and glory. I'm the one that owns the cattle on Thousand Hill. The only thing I need you to do is just trust me, put your faith in me, and I will take care of everything. And it's not because you're taking the day off, not because you accrued it just like work. But he's just doing it simply because he loves you that much. One of the things that I'm so grateful for is that like around Christmas time and New Year's, our pastor has allowed us to have a two-week Sabbath. And so, you know, I mean, we don't do anything. We don't come to church. We, we do praise God. We worship God in our homes and things like that. But we have a two-week Sabbath. And so, a few years back, some of you may know this, but, you know, I had my brother pass away, my mother passed away, my uncle passed away. I was doing a lot of work, not just with the church, but I was also doing a lot of work at my job and in, in studying as well, studying on a master's level course on becoming a chaplain. That was a hard time. I was exhausted. I was so tired. I, I, I couldn't believe how tired I was until we had this Sabbath last year. And I finally was able to, you know, have the family, Keisha's family, my wife, come into town. And, man, I felt so refreshed. I mean, we didn't have to do that. I didn't have to study. I didn't have to prepare for nothing. I didn't have to drive the kids across town to different practices and everything like that. It was just a blessing. And so the thing about it afterwards, I just felt so rejuvenated and refreshed. We didn't, we didn't have to do none of that stuff. It brought so much meaning. 
But how many people know that there is grace in rest? There's grace in rest. And that's ultimately why he gave us this Sabbath. I mean, I'm telling you, during that whole particular situation, I was able to regain my peace. I was able to have my joy back. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you this. We all need this rest because you would not believe how much your body, your mind needs it. You would not, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, you, you, you've been so creative. You were so creative at one point. You were so, at one time, you were just, weren't like you, you're, you were hearing from God. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you know, you begin to just understand about the Sabbath. You got some rest. And then all of a sudden, your mind, you, you, it's almost like you got freed. It's almost like you feel refreshed now. Now you're able to hear God more. It doesn't feel like that you're on the edge. You're able to make better financial decisions. You're able to have better, you know, emotions, emotional health. You're actually nicer to your kids. <laughs> but God is asking you, how long? How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind, I have given you this as a gift. Now, let me ask this. Why wouldn't you receive this gift? What is keeping you from receiving this gift? And if we could be honest, I believe one of the reasons why is that maybe we don't trust God like we think we do. Maybe we thought we trusted him at a different level. And I'm telling you today, you can trust God and have rest. You can count on him to take care of you and your family. And he is saying, I'm the one that's going to provide for your family. And God is saying, I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I am the source of everything that you need. I just need you to take the day off. I want to pray for you this morning. If you could just close your eyes and bow your heads. If we are in the presence of God, in life we face many challenges. Some leave us frustrated and angry, sad, stressed, even anxious. And some of us are just exhausted, Lord. However, Jesus you said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We don't want to stay where we are, Lord. So, God, we're asking you right now to come and refresh us, refresh our bodies, refresh our spirit, as well as re uh, rest, re refresh us to have rest for our souls today, Lord. And we ask for you to restore us and refresh as we center ourselves on you today. Allow us to inhale and exhale your goodness, your peace, as well as your joy in our lives today. And for those who have not yet to know Jesus, we confess right now our sins to you. We thank you for dying on the cross for us. And we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for you to come into our hearts. And we receive you as Lord and Savior of our lives. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen.